All right, uh, episode five. Yeah, we did episode it. Episode five. We did it. Loon Choir. You, me, Derek, Brad. Wow. The big four around town. My goodness. And we got through it. You know what's funny? What's that? If uh, you take the first letters from everyone's name, it spells Brad. So Loon Choir has enough people in its band that you could form like caucuses within it about how songs should go. How does writing for a nine piece happen? Because when I do anything, like I produce a couple of acts around town, I just tell them all, no, you're wrong. I'm right. This is how we're doing it. That's how this podcast operates. He's a real dick sometimes. Uh, all the time. Uh, how do, how, how do you make something <laughs> like creating a piece of art democratic without it sort of devolving into, uh, what's that thing? A camel is a horse made by a committee. Uh, it's sort of, it, it's so ineffective because everyone had to vote on different things. How do you make, how do you make a lean, mean piece of art with nine people all voicing their opinions all the time? I'm assuming there's a dictator. Uh, I th- I don't think there's a dictator. Uh, it's probably up for debate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think said the dictator. I'm assuming it takes it takes strong leadership, and I think everybody in the band has to be both a leader and a follower. Uh, and so, and that's essentially what you know um, a dictatorship of the people is, right? So we we have you know nine people, and we're not divided up into councils or anything like that, but we have each you know a voice and an opinion and that's uh you know how it's been run uh you know till now uh so do you guys all like have to agree on something before you move forward with it or is it like yeah take us through the process of making best five of four vote uh, kind of thing as far as when it comes to decisions about um the songs and like making a record a lot of those like um final calls are made by the producer uh so like you know he we've worked with the same one for all three records and we have like a really good rep, uh, relationship with him and a lot of trust in him obviously so a lot of those like sort of tough decisions of like telling someone to like no like you can't do that riff like it's cool but like no it doesn't fit there you know what i mean it's never really that like hard of a conversation to have without him but he's like having someone like him to, to just be like the final say yeah. you know what i mean it's like we're paying this guy to produce the record so you know, if he says this part doesn't fit, then like that's kind of the final say. And like everyone's free to make their case for for a part. And it's always mm-hmm. like, you know, with the same end goal in mind. So, right. yeah, I, I, like I think the that whole collaborative approach is like the essential part of what Loon Choir is, basically. It's interesting because I think uh, a lot of sort of where musical criticism is going these days is sort of focusing on the bedroom producer and how all these people sort of like this is their vision they brought it they brought it directly to something but uh in that i think a lot of people are missing sort of uh just how much good can come out of collaboration just how much it can be argumentative it can be terrible at times it can strain a lot of relationships but ultimately it comes out with a better product and so i just i want to get more of an idea when you're working with a nine piece how do you guys all deal with each other's different uh opinions on things it's got to be it, it's got to be tough because you, I think at the core, everybody's trying to do something that will be the betterment for, uh, for the betterment of the song. 
but just uh, how how do these how do these things how do these decisions come about? It was harder at first. Like when we first started out, it was kind of like it was way more chaotic, and it was just like everyone doing everything at once. Yeah, and then we quickly learned from the first uh, like recording the first record uh, that just like this this just this can't exist. You know what I mean? Like this has, <laughs> it makes no sense, and it's you know. Um, and so like having, again, going back to James, uh, who produced it, um, was just like a little bit ruthless, um, you know, about just pulling parts out. Yeah. And then we quickly learned like, you know, there's just as much value and beauty in playing nothing for a certain part than there is playing, you know, your whatever slash on a grand piano solo kind of thing. Like, you know, they're all equally valuable, uh, when composed properly sort of thing. So uh, I think everyone has gotten to that point uh, now that we have the sort of maturity to see the greater good. And so, you know, people are happy to to stay out of parts when necessary. And like, I don't know, it's, we've never really had like a fight about the song, like parts and songs, like, you know, like they happen pretty organically. And like, maybe someone says, you know, like, oh, try this instead of that or whatever. And like, it's all good. And like, it's all like, you know, so like, yeah, any conflicts never really come from that side of the band. It's more like, you know, availability and all that <laughs> no, other nonsense. You know what I mean? Can you what, get together what, this Saturday or not? Yeah. Fuck. So that? that's, that's where like any sort of like conflict and stuff comes from. But like, yeah, the, the songwriting process seems to be pretty smooth and just sort of happens on its own and without us necessarily having to like really push or, uh, or pull in any one direction. Now let's talk about, uh, and I want to get this right because you guys just berated everyone else who got it wrong. Uh, all of this and everything else, it's not just easy listening. You guys are trying to tell people something on a lot of these tracks. You go back to the sort of like 1982 Live Aid where you sort of bring down the music a little bit and you just speak over top of some of these things. Like, what 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 was different about this one that made it so important that you had to say things that you just had to speak directly to the Express listener. Express yourself a little further, yeah. I guess. I think, uh, you know, for, for me, it was uh, that it, there was a story that went with it. Um, and listeners, uh, you know, aren't aren't uh, necessarily aware of that. It's not a, you know, a concept record, except it is like every other record is. Uh, but uh, there was a story that we that we knew. And so um, that for me is what kind of like is is in uh encompassing what you're what you're saying uh i think what he he's trying to get at is that there is um a narrative that this uh that this record's sort of the soundtrack to yeah so yeah so derek's written what like a play basically that we've had while we were sort of assembling this record and so these songs sort of got plugged in in a certain order in order to kind of represent what was happening in this play. Okay. So there is sort of a grander idea of, you know, this can be performed as a play and a live show of us playing the record start to finish at the same time. And so, like, that's kind of always been the big idea that, you know, to this point we haven't, you know, been able to actually pull off as far as performing it, but it's there. (laughs) It's there. And um, so that's sort of, a bit of the background of how like the songs were assembled. Some of the songs are like six years old, were written, you know, a long time ago. Some of them were written within the, you know, few months of the, of the, of making the record. So like the songs are from 
all over the place as far as the time frame of when they were written. And then they sort of just ended up getting plugged into place in accordance with how this play was unfolding. So it's not so much a concept record in, in a sense that it was all the songs were written with this one concept in mind as, right. as, as much as it is like the soundtrack to this, uh, to this play that Derek's written, which is really cool and that we hope to unleash somehow, whether it's with Loon Choir or Derek on his own or whatever. But. Well, that's interesting because it sheds a little bit more light into uh, how some of these, when you look, when you listen to this album, uh, there are lyrics that are purposefully, but I, I hope and I assume are grandiose. And then there are other ones that are just uh, very intimate moments. Uh, and and it, it's interesting to see sort of that uh, juxtaposition sometimes between within a song and sometimes within just uh, sort of the layout of the album. And so uh, it, it it's, it's heartening to me as someone who grew up on progressive rock to see the idea of not a concept album, but a concept album coming back. Uh, because it, I, I, I hate this idea that albums are being phased out, that everyone's just going to buy singles from now on. And I like the idea of buying into a cohesive piece of art. Like, uh, and uh, So when, when did you decide, was, was that something that you always had in mind with this record? Was that something that was going to come about naturally without Loon Choir? Or was that sort of... I was going to say, like that's kind of uh, the way we listen to music too you know like we like we like entire records you yeah know? like i always kind of compare it to like a painting you know what i mean like i don't want to just see like a quarter like the top corner right. of this painting i want to see the whole thing you know and like and so like we've always been more of like uh trying to make a, a package as a whole like we've always been conscious of that not just been like you know like well let's record this song here and then like two months later oh let's do this and then there's piece together a bunch of tracks yeah. you know what i mean there's always been some sort of awareness of cohesion like as, as a whole i guess it makes sense with the title as well like all of this and everything else like you're just throwing it all on the table and, yeah you know like here it is as a whole yeah i mean the title the title of the record is uh um another uh subject altogether it's uh it but yeah it does it is exactly that what we we're just well, what's the about? subject altogether what's the <laughs> other subject yeah there was I, probably I mean, more fighting about and conflict about trying to name the record than there was about any of the parts and writing it and recording it. Oh, interesting. No. <laughs> Not fighting, obviously, but yeah. It kind of just came down to it like, okay, we, we need to name it in the next two weeks. <laughs> yeah, we need something. <laughs> so right, so we have now. to finalize it. And then it was just like, okay, let's do a Facebook group poll and <laughs> get the votes. And it was like, thanks, fans. Seems kind of st a stupid way to name a record. So I don't know, you know, how it ended up maybe that's how it ended up being decided but were there any moments where it, i i would say like pink floyd the wall moments where it's just like hey roger we've already got a brick in the wall maybe we don't need another brick in the wall like are there times where you have to be the where you where you sort of have to sacrifice some of the vision of you know this incorporating with a play uh, for the sake of having a cohesive album something that can stand on its own I think when recording the record, we didn't, we weren't overly conscious like of the play. We were just like, let's make great songs. You know what I mean? Like, and then that the, uh, like we knew the order of the songs, we knew how it was going to fit with the play, but as far as like part by part and in the process of recording, uh, we didn't, uh, we weren't like overly conscious, like, Oh, should we have that solo there? Is that going to fit with like this exact scene in the play? Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't on that sort of level. Okay. Uh, it was more so like, you know, the the lyrics of the song 
and like the image imagery of the song linking up with the play more so than the sounds. What I, what I wanted to say was two things to think. One was that uh, like, what was that sort of like new thing about this record? And it was that there was this like, kind of like as Brad described that, uh, you know, story that kind of it's just kind of like an understory we didn't know what it was going to be or the, you know like a, a, a play a, you know was the it was the idea and it, you know like a, a book a film a friggin uh you know talk show uh, uh so uh so it's about it's about it's about having that sort of narrative uh underneath of it and 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 james really really felt that and and understood it and and like worked that into our process in terms of putting it into like a uh, beginning middle end story that yeah. happens in sound uh and the second thing was that really it was it was discussed when we were touring the west coast in uh uh 2013 for fire poems we we discussed uh this 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 play I, the story the general sort of summary uh and of how it's going to be delivered and and uh uh you know the set of songs that were already established with with the play and the narrative, uh, and then uh, and and yeah, it was the first kind of uh, you know uh, discussion about that, and that was that was touring fire poems in 2013. So wow. you know it's uh, three years later, and uh, it's you know the album's out. Uh, we and we chose to uh, uh, release the album before doing the doing the play, and and now it's moving forward. Uh, with that, I'll just say quickly: it's uh, it's I'm um, I'm like 99.9 percent sure it's going to be performed with the uh, Montreal International uh, Anarchist uh, Theater Fe- Festival. Uh, so uh, I mean, uh, I'm really stoked about that, and 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 the play itself is is uh, is being performed as a one man play uh, with seven characters uh, and three acts. This and, is cool. And, When's this uh, take place? It's in May. Uh, all right. Yeah. Interesting. I don't have all the details right off the top of my head. Point like one percent. Like unsure so far. Yeah. 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 I haven't I haven't made the announcement publicly because I have yeah. that point one percent where I'm just like, what does that email actually mean? Does she, you know, well, it's, too, it's <laughs> too late now. Yeah. Are you going to be the one man? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So so it's you know like, uh, and 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 so the play obviously has music you know, song scene, song scene kind of built into it. And and for this particular performance, because of uh, uh, time and such, it's going to be uh, without the music. It's just going to be performed as the theater component. Uh, so that'll be uh, a, an interesting and uh, wonderful uh, variation. Do you have any form of like theater background at all? Or? Um, no, just, no? Uh, just, just winging it. Yeah. Uh, you know, just, just as, a, just as my own, you know, just my own yeah. sort of like, you know, research and experience since I've started this project. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. I'll let you take a break and light up for this one. Uh, but I find with so many artists eh, that I talk to or that I work with, um, almost invariably, uh, they are somewhat ashamed of what they've done anything longer than six months ago. How how are you doing with something that you're going to be living more so probably a year after the album was released than than the beginning of it like it's it, like you have to it, you're going to have to be in that state of mind you're going to have to continue to sort of exist 
in that in that mindset that you were at that time and a lot of artists i find don't don't enjoy doing that they're they're very much sort of of the moment this is what i need to do to document this point in time how do you how do you uh, how do you enjoy sort of reliving memories from that album how do you enjoy living that every night like it's it's got to be it's got to be quite different than uh, sort of a traditional album uh, lifespan oh no i think i think uh, you know every every album and every performer uh, does understand that uh, or uh, you know quits uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe I mean we're not a band that's playing 200 shows a year you know what I mean yeah like, so I think you know like I can get how like those bands that are touring constantly hate playing their hit single for 10 years kind of thing like I like if that's what you're trying to get at kind of thing like performing what is your skater boy i guess is what i'm asking <laughs> what's your jumping jack <laughs> yeah you know so and we feel that sometimes too like just you know you get tired of the songs but um a lot of times you know how you felt when the songs were written or whatever it, and then you play them later you know you find whole new meanings in them you know and it can be re-inspired that way yeah so and I think the part that reconciles that is also just like continuing to write and and have new sort of visions and of what uh, you know you want to make and create and you know your own you know uh, identity and psychology is being shaped with that. So uh, that's the part that kind of it's like the sanctuary, even though you have to keep you know you're going to keep playing the you know couple songs from that album couple more from that album and then like you know like you're playing the full album now and we just get playing this full album over the next uh over the next year it's yeah. it's bound to happen but we've also got a set of songs for the next album already started and that's that is the sanctuary i think uh from, and i know so, that burden i know sometimes we've like you know we'll be jamming like a new song and we'll be like so hyped on this new song you know we're like oh, we got to fit it into this next this next show mm -hmm. you know we yeah. got to play yeah. this one and then we'll play it, you know, and the whole time we're like, it's like, oh, that's so awesome. We're so awesome. <laughs> you know, and then the song stops and it's just like, no one even like noticed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like, okay, maybe that's why we crowd didn't move. Let these songs develop properly <laughs> and not force them in. But we're generally, <clears throat> I think, a little more ballsy than maybe other bands just to just wing it and try new stuff. Yeah, I can understand. Live. That, for sure. And I think we've gained a lot from that too, actually, just like. I th for the both of these last records we've played most of the songs for like almost a year before we made the record you know they'd be getting fit into sets and like sometimes be like the majority of a set would be all new stuff that we hadn't recorded yet and the songs i think that really helps the songs like evolve Cause, you know because you're just like yeah it all sounds great in the basement you know yeah. kind of thing and then yeah, you get yeah. into an even like a new space like you know and it sounds different and it exposes weaknesses and you know highlights good parts and you know what i mean so like i i've we've always sort of played songs live before we ever recorded them for the How most part. interesting yeah so that's going to yeah. be a good way like just that immediate feedback has to be a really nice way of judging whether people are going to be into it or not like it's got to yeah and i mean show by show it's different right because crowds vary in size yeah. and in um attention span it's more about us feeling it like, yeah exactly <laughs> you know what i mean like we know if it's going good or so, bad yeah you know what yeah, i mean because you're on the spot performing it and you know it kind of just can see the results force, yeah forces yeah. your hand and gets you out of that like um you know kind of shell of just like assuming everything's great because no one's hearing it 
That's cool because like a lot of people that we have on, they sort of they do the album first and then they sort of they realize how tough it is to sort of bring that to a different uh, venue and they can't do that. So they have to offer something that different. happens to us, too. Like a lot of times the songs, the songs will change a lot in yeah. the recording process because playing them live and tracking them track by track are mm-hmm. so different. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and the, the freedom you have with recording of being like. You know, like I could never pull this off live, but if we do it in two separate tracks and you know what I mean, we'll, yeah. and mix it up, you know, like there's all those tricks or whatever you want to call them. That's how we make this podcast. <laughs> That's how I sound <laughs> wink, so good. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they also, you know, it's almost 50 50, like the process of playing them live and that sort of exposure, changing them and then getting them in the studio and then and tracking a song instead of playing it all at once. Yeah. Um, obviously it's changed them a lot. So sometimes there are cases where it's just like, okay, now we have to do a cover of that song. Like, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? like there's usually like at least one or two on, on each record where uh, they changed dramatically in the recording process. And then it's like, okay, shit, how the hell are we going to play this live? Yeah. And then sometimes we figure it out and sometimes we just don't play it live. So. Yeah. <laughs> superior superior on this one was one of those for sure like oh, yeah? superior yeah. 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 yeah it was it was that song was a, we had played quite a bit probably for a year at least and it was pretty very very different than it is on the record is there any risk when you're doing something that it seems so lived in um about i know a lot of people they talk about the excitement of being in the studio and doing something for the first time bring something like lake superior into the studio do you ever fear that like the magic that you first had the first time that i clicked won't be won't show up on the record definitely that's a huge fear for uh almost every song yeah yeah it's it's the that's the the the, the joy and anxiety yeah. of uh of Curiosity. tracking you know you you want to you want to play your best and track your best and mm-hmm. you hope that the uh the essence of of the full song is is captured as a as a you know collective we've never let the fear of not being able to play a song live affect decisions like in the studio and yeah. making a record That's it's good. always been, our philosophy has always been like let's just make the best possible song we can yeah you know and then figure out a version of it live that will still be interesting for people yeah. to hear you know we've never been like we never been wanted to be the band that sounds their live performance sounds exactly like the record. You know, I I don't think anyone really likes seeing bands like that. You know what I mean? Where it's just like they're emotionless and they're just basically a karaoke machine kind of yeah. thing. Well, maybe if you're the production half of a rap duo, uh, <laughs> maybe maybe that's okay. Um, we shouldn't be speaking too ill of them. <laughs>
But uh, no, I, I think that's uh, that's really fascinating because uh, is, is there a different energy that you're able to capture when something when you're recording something that has been so like so lived in? It's like it's like an old shoe. Like there's uh, there's not going to be the excitement about I just figured something out. But there's like sort of I know how this song feels like I've lived in it for long enough. Like, is that is that a comforted feeling when you're recording? I think I think that's it's about performance, right? And that's and that's what it, and that's exactly what uh, you know playing a song for a year before recording it. I guess uh, you know uh, while well, it might have uh, some uh, some pitfalls, but I think uh, you know it's, it, there's a lot of strengths, and and that's and that's one of them is um, you know it's 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 rote memorization by that point, and so variations mm-hmm. can can happen on a on a sporadic uh, almost accidental level sometimes and that's and that's beautiful and those are the, those are the keepers right you, you yeah, yeah. Oh, we're keeping that and we run with it um but otherwise you know the more um uh, you know you can blend sort of that i guess uh you know 
artistry and, and mechanization. Uh, Improvisation yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and I'm talking as like, I'm, I'm just, I just sang on this record. So I don't, uh, you know, I've obviously, I, you know, record guitar and stuff too, but. Um, Do you play no instruments on this though? No, I don't have. Oh no, just on the intro of the first song, I play guitar. Oh, okay. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. nice. again, coming back to the performance piece, it was it was about capturing that capturing that performance uh, with the, with the narrative and the story and, and the live uh, the live show. Your guitar breaking on that tour at West was like actually like a, a huge thing that really like reshaped the entire band. So we were on this tour and his guitar was broken or something. And so he just stopped playing guitar and became. After I put it down, I put it down and I stepped on the input jack. Beautiful. Hollow body. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyways, so the, he basically became uh, a lot more theatrical on stage and uh, it sort of completely reshaped the uh, the band uh, between Fire Poems and, and this record. Yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, it was theatrical before, but I had a guitar in my hand, so it was always like I was yeah. putting it down a lot and fucking, you know, running around and, and being. Uh, it was kind of like when the so, genie <laughs> got his handcuffs <laughs> off. You're free now. Yeah, yeah, it was. Always, some, some of the those are some great shows, and 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 I and I, you know, as a as an adolescent, uh, you know, playing my instrument and singing, I, I uh, never wanted to. Uh, you know, I couldn't conceive of, of, of singing without playing an instrument mm -hmm. and it's, it's like a shield or something, but, uh, I, 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 you know, I, I chose to fully embrace it and, and I continued to do that. So yeah, I just played the intro. <laughs> <laughs> the first song. Yeah, right on. <laughs> Is that out. something giving up the, uh, giving up the guitar, giving up the ghost? Is that something that you could have done in 2010 when you guys sort of laid down your first, uh, album? Is that, were you that comfortable then or is this something yeah. that has grown over time yeah i mean it was definitely circumstances i think you know i think i've probably you know grown and, and matured as well as you know just kind of lost out you know I'm not, maybe i'm not the same guitar player that i was you know mm -hmm. four five years ago but uh definitely you know i think it's it's about perspective and and where i am right now i definitely uh, am happy with uh focusing on uh you know vocals and and uh you know performance and songwriting yeah, and, and uh and life and experience uh as much as uh you know uh you know playing guitar as well still so i mm -hmm. play every you know every day and and uh yeah, of course practices and stuff like that so but yeah so while on tour when you broke your guitar like was there any ever any instinct to be like all right just go to a pawn shop and grab a cheap like electric six string and keep it going or like, like if fuck I, it I'm if just i needed gonna, a guitar and it didn't have one, i think <laughs> fuck it, we're gonna I think he was looking for it he might have broke there. it on purpose I know. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, he was looking around. for a reason to uh i think yeah i was fine with that at that guitar, point yeah. but I've, we have, I've, I've got eight had, people behind me. I don't uh, need a fucking guitar right now. There's always been another guitar player behind me. So it's more about, <clears throat> you know, I don't feel like I'm leaving the band hanging. So uh, it's okay. And it paid off really, you yep. know, on that tour. Uh, it felt like it did anyways. And yeah, it's, but I think it's it still shows in your, in but, your new stuff as well. Yeah. I mean, like I saw the video that you guys did at Algonquin of, uh, always golden I always think golden was. sorry yeah. That's yeah. yeah and it's a fucking fantastic performance and like you start off and you have like this paper in your hand and you're like let this be a, my formal resignation and it's so fucking powerful and like you're just like you're performing that 
lyrically and like you got the band backing you and it's pushing it and i think that's really going to like transcribe forward into when you're doing this theatrical piece called may in montreal and like seeing like i can picture you like just up there and just fucking giving it your all like here i am here's my lyrics here's my vocals and here's the performers behind me you know Uh, that's a, a great example of uh you know how probably not fading on a d minor mm-hmm. giving up that for holding that piece of paper yeah you know absolutely. i mean like who would have thought who would have thought like That's holding up a right piece there. of paper would have been more powerful than you know it shows playing and a guitar like, but you know it was halfway through the video the, it's like yeah. crumpled up in your fucking hand you're just like screaming in like your heart out like it sounds beautiful and i think a lot of those lyrics kind of i picked them up quite a few times throughout the album as i listened to it and like i could flip through my nose right here but like uh for sure and always golden uh you hear it a couple times like uh in bug your single like uh even even just saying like something just isn't right here like it's it comes out that much more powerful as like i think maybe it's going back to what riley was saying in the beginning when you know you're speaking over the song but in my mind it really comes off very strong very powerful and i think that's kind of where you're showing shining as a performer Mm. And you don't need that instrument to like be your blanket, so to speak. Are you referencing sort of like the spoken word? Side? Yeah, the spoken yeah, word for side sure. Yeah, and that was a really fun um, experiment that I uh, ran with with James and the group did as well. Uh, with in terms of uh, uh, with fire poems, uh, there was some spoken word that uh, that was a real thread in in that album. So uh, coming into this one, I didn't feel like I I had to. Um, have sort of the poetic, uh, you know, uh, verse in in, mm-hmm. in it, but um, again, like for performing wise, like Brad said, these songs are, uh, you know, some of them several years old, and uh, it just happens, right? And yeah. these, these these you know the poems just just come right when you play them live for for several years, uh, and that happened, you know, at West, some of these some of these songs were still being crafted, and uh, well, yeah, all these songs were still being crafted then, so. Um, yeah, I think it's very powerful, and like it helps the music that much more. I think the the spoken word at the end of Mountains on this record was a mm-hmm. sporadic poem. Uh, when we were playing a festival out west, we were playing that song, and I think you just sort of just decided to rip off a poem in, in the outro, and we were looking at mountains, and yeah, it and it was, <laughs> you know, so a, another example, I guess, of just how playing them live ends up crafting them in ways that you know you wouldn't necessarily expect. Uh, now on this album, uh, when you're when you're listening to lyrics, it's full of paradoxes. It's it, it's full of people who are hopeful but have no hope in their lives. It's full of people who sort of have agency but also have none whatsoever. First of all, I gotta go back and say like that's gotta be tough to live in uh, from that point of recording the album all the way up to performing it. But how do you how do you start to communicate that in the recording process that? into the band how do you introduce these songs to other people because they seem personal in a way but also like you seem to want to talk to so many people at once what 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 is that like when you're trying to when you're i'm trying not to do that (laughs) uh when, when you're trying to say something to a bunch of people but you also want to keep it personal like how 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 do you live in that moment for so long to enough enough to communicate it to others enough to record an album like that 
Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, man, you're asking a lot. Yeah. He's got. He's famous for his four minute questions. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's that conscious. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, I don't want to speak for Derek's songwriting, but it, you know, like, what are you gonna do right now? <laughs> no, but I, I'm. I'm guessing that, like, uh, you know, that's not really part of the process. That thinking, like about that whole juxtaposition or anything you know what i mean like they're just song like i think you're maybe <laughs> giving too much credit or something <laughs> okay Derek, yeah, you can leave brad no, talk more and you're speaking you're speaking for the whole band as well like not just Derek, but yeah no like, I, as you yeah, said the I mean, whole band as, has as far as i know i mean there's a, there's a constant sort of um you know tension and and joy and and you know you know, there's there's the whole there's all these sort of it's a roller coaster of, of depressions and, and, and highs. Uh, that's what that's what being in a band is. So so these decisions and the and the and the process is is far more sort of organic and based on life and experience and, and you know, and choices and, and, and where we all are in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so So let's talk about how there's so many themes running through this album, they also connect to this play that you're about to stage, can you just go in depth a little bit more about how the writing for you, the lyrics happen about, and then maybe Brad, you can supplement that with how you guys sort of approach that musically. And then it, just how, how you sort of uh, made something that was both supplemental material to something grander, but also in and of itself, it can live on its own and then also take on a life in different uh, mediums. And I think uh, to start off, just talk about the themes of all of this and everything else. Okay, sure. So just quickly, uh, I think uh, all of this and everything else is a, is a lyric from the song uh, Center of Gravity. Uh, and so the, the actual... And so, so the actual line is, is sort of this like sort of frantic idea of, of you know, like all of this and everything else like it's this kind of um hyperbolic uh, expression of of gluttony uh you know being you know drowning in symbols is, is another kind of term i like to throw around uh and i think i already have uh, and so it's it's this it's this psycho and social um you know uh relationship of of of, of give and take constantly constantly happening uh, and so it's this, all of this and everything else. Musically and lyrically, these things were composed long before this this grand uh, sort of narrative or this grand idea was put together. I, I put them together specifically in this in this order to tell a story, and uh, and 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 I think it's and I think it's worked. Uh, uh, and that's going to, uh, you know, be, you know, be determined by you know its viewers essentially. Uh, but that's 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 how I see the process, and that it was kind of disconnected. And that you know, we we wrote and performed music, not considering the play, you know, one iota uh, at all. You know, we didn't we didn't consider it. So uh, it was it was strictly sort of on 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 me to come up with that sort of side story. And 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 I'm and I'm and I'm happy with 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 how it did. Nice. Well, Center of Gravity. It's like one of the first songs to me, anyways. Uh, when I was listening to it, uh, it was one of the first songs when I was listening to it that where 
while listening to it and reading the lyrics alongside of it, uh, I noticed that you kind of there's a one part uh, right before you break into the uh, "Born on the Island" verse, uh, we'll call it, and where you just sort of this is where the first time where you start like speaking over and you almost like you start telling this kind of a story like over top of the music, which isn't included in the lyrics, but it's like it's telling another story upon itself. Um, and I think that's kind of where you're going with this. Like, it's, you have like this goal that's like set out aside from the song, and like it's kind of maybe leading into the play, or maybe leading leading into the uh, poetic aspects of the song. And uh, I don't know what, what, exactly what you're saying throughout this part, but I, I can see by the look on your face, you know exactly what I'm talking sure, about. Sure, yeah. I, I mean, I think it, I think it really speaks to what you're speaking to is is the ambiguity of of the whole experience okay. of of poetry and 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 art. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, when you know when you're um, you it's know, freestyle, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You could say you're you know restricted to sort of you know. An, an instrumental and and sort of singing vocal um, dynamic, mm-hmm. or you could look at it as you know that's the uh, you know the foundation of it or the root of it. Uh, and let's what else can we add on top of it? We can add some noise here and there. We can add some uh, you know uh, other you know sonic experiences. And one of them can can actually be the spoken word and how and how and 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 different you know symbols. Uh, again that can be you know thrown around as part of a grand narrative it's all you know i think that's uh it's it's speaking to that ambiguity of of uh of of art and and that's directly related to uh i think experience so i think we also try to like it's a it's a way to like bring some imagery and some meaning and some urgency to otherwise sort of like kind of like jammy and build up kind of parts you know what i mean so like as you know it's just another layer of instead of like someone coming in with palm muted guitar to build the intensity you know what i mean bringing in that spoken word i feel like is so much stronger than you know a lot of instruments can can offer because it also has like so much visual uh, imagery associated with it and just like general sort of urgency and intensity you know what I mean that it, it's a great way to you know build up build up a part you know so I feel like that's sort of uh, how the whole spoken word thing I guess maybe came about and just like how we use it uh, in general yeah it's true like poetry does kind of come from like the low swells in our in our yeah. songwriting, they come from those low breakdowns, and it's like you you, you don't have a choice again, but to just you just want to speak, you just want to you just want you want those you want, you know you don't you don't need to fucking uh, you know have those uh, you know uh, you know angelic voices uh, mm-hmm. you know in, yeah. in your head you can you can just you can just speak them the way uh, you do with your it's coming uh, from the heart friends and, yeah. and, and and you know colleagues and things like that so it it's so necessary to sort of establish you people oh, just just husk it on just the on along, on, on the spectrum of artists and, and, and so uh, the question in and of itself is simple but it's so complex and the intricacies of it it is phil collins or peter gabriel phil collins get out of here i've had to go peter gabriel there we go 
That is a man who has artistry in him. Yeah. You can just go your one-man play.